0: Hope your new year is off to a really good start. Um, I, I don't know about you, but as we turn the page to the new year and we're coming out of the holiday season, I've, I've had a little slower pace over the holiday season and uh, Christmas, New Year's, and I start to reflect and then there's a point at which is, I don't know if it's tipping point or what, but you shift and you begin to think of the year ahead get fired up. But I'm really grateful to God for what he's done through the congregation over the last year. I think about the stretch that we've had in launching the campus in Alhambra, uh, both just all kinds of resources-wise, people resources, people stepping up and serving in ways they hadn't before. Um, and then financially, we've really major stretch in the budget this year. God has really been providing And all of that is because of the ways that you have determined to serve, to really serve and to step up in giving and and making things happen. So I I look back at last year, and I'm incredibly grateful for what God has done, because as a leader, you set the direction, and then you wait to find out what God does with that. You know, you're, you're, you're seeking God, you're trying to figure out what He's saying, you think you know, and then... You find out if you got it right and I'm very grateful to God that he's he's been leading us he's been leading me and he's been leading us and he's really blessed us uh, in in ways that I I really couldn't imagine Um, we've stretched and God's come through then you know after you reflect you begin to turn the page on the new year and and I've been doing that as well I'm really looking forward to the year ahead see what God does with this year every new year feels like a new beginning. I don't know about you. I I think that's probably true. A new opportunity with a fresh start and a clean slate. And this is when we make New Year's resolutions. I don't know how well you do with that, but we think through ways that we want to be different in the new year from the year behind. A resolution, looked it up in Webster's dictionary and it's it's an act of finding an answer or a solution to a conflict problem or something you're dealing with the act of resolving something like i resolved to do this i'm deciding firmly a course of action you know you look back at the last year and you think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to head this direction i'm gonna change course and do better here or change this and improve that um, or it's an answer or a solution to something and the new year is a natural time to look back and try to figure out how to fix some things, um, how to make the new year better. That's what we're, we're aiming for. We naturally reflect and think about what needs to be. What are some new habits I need to start? What are some old habits I need to break? What are some answers to relational difficulties or conflicts that seem to keep cropping up? How, how do I navigate those? I'd like to show you a video clip from a movie, uh, How Do You Know? I don't think it was up for Oscar consideration in the year that it was made. Um, but I did see it. I, I probably shouldn't admit that to my guy friends, because it's sort of a girl, you know, chick flick or whatever they say. But I'd like to show you a scene. Reese Witherspoon plays Lisa, who was on the national softball team. She gets cut from the team. She's, she's a legend. But she gets cut from the team, and so now she's trying to figure out what uh, she's going to do with her life. She's trying to figure out how to make life work after that disappointment, after her career's over, and she's trying to shift. Well, she's on a date. I think it's a date. I can't remember. I can't even remember how the movie turns out. I'm one of those guys that, you know, if it doesn't leave a big impression, I'm like, I could watch the movie again. At the end, I'm, oh, yeah, I remember now. Anyway, she's on a date with a guy named George, who's played by Paul Rood and, uh, Rudd, and um, he's trying to encourage her in her frustration as she works through. I'd like you to listen to his counsel, because I want to compare that with what he says, which is a really good comment on a date, and with what we're, we're real life is like. So watch this with me.
1: See here, sit down. I uh, got you a gift. Thanks. Thanks for not rushing me.
0: Yeah.
1: This is only uh, half the gift.
0: Yeah?
1: It it doesn't work without the story. Okay. This stuff was invented by this man in central Ohio as a white Goo, And he used it to um, remove soot off of wallpaper from old-fashioned heating. Mm-hmm. So as gas and electric heating came in, there was uh, no longer a need for the, for the cleaning goo. Um, so, you know, the guy was going under. But his uh, sister-in-law, who's a nursery school teacher... Now, is this a true story? The man's name was Joe McVicker. His sister-in-law was Kay Zufall. Okay, I believe you. So Kay Zufall discovered that her little kids liked squeezing the goo a lot more than hard modeling clay, so she suggested to her brother-in-law, Joe, that they color this stuff and call it Play-Doh. Hey. Nice. So... I have kept this for a long time as proof and we're all just one small adjustment away from making our lives work.
0: It's a pretty good move, isn't it? <laughs> you know, every guy understands what he's doing if you're trying to win a woman's heart, okay? And that's pretty good. Um, as I As I watched that, I thought... There, there's a powerful statement at the end, they, they cr- sort of highlight it with the music, and it's one small adjustment. It usually takes, there's just one small adjustment to make life work. I don't know the measure, how to measure the size of the adjustment that needs to be made this year for you to make it work compared to last year. I don't, I don't know, maybe small, it may be huge. My experience isn't that it takes one small adjustment. That's not my experience. What I've figured out is that I have to keep making adjustments every day to fit into God's plan, to do life God's way, because I keep wanting, it to, I keep wanting to do it my way, my old way. I want to get back into my old habits. And if I'm going to accomplish God's purpose for me, I have to make daily adjustments to try to figure out what He wants in that moment, and then do it. I need God's help for that. He's always with me to help me make those shifts. In a few moments, we're going to dig into an astounding promise from God that seems too good to be true. And uh, we're going to try to understand how to experience that in the year ahead. But think for a moment about the changes you want to make in the year coming up. Possibly spend more time with the family, maybe less time on Facebook, Facebook. Uh, Maybe you want to volunteer more, serve more, get out of debt and save some more money, be less stressed, get healthier, quit blowing up in anger, Wh- whatever it is, think, think for a moment about the changes you'd like to make. Now, I myself have made a ton of resolutions that have fizzled. A couple years, I decided I'm going to start jogging. Well, I hate running. I hate running, so, you know, it lasted two or three days. You know, I did all right, a couple days, then I'm like, I'm done with this, this is no fun, you know, I'm not going to do that. And then, you know, you make the resolution a couple years later, and you start out even realizing, hmm, it's only going to last a couple days, you know. you, You lose confidence in yourself, you know, in your own resolutions to change. And, you you're wondering, am I going to keep this thing or not? So you you lose, you sort of lose self-respect if you don't keep your resolutions. That's what happens. You don't sort of, you do. But at the same time, while I've made resolutions and tried to change and haven't been able to pull it off, God has made some major changes in me over the years, related or not to the new year. And the passage that we're going to look at provides a lot of help uh, and a lot of perspective from God for how he changes us. So we're going to dig in in a few moments. God's put this desire to grow and change in us. He's, he's made us this way. We looked last week at how he's put eternity in our hearts. He's made us to long for something more beyond this world and to live for what's truly important. He, he really put this in us, and we want to. So we, we think through the past as the year turns over to the new one, and we think about how to change. Well, God's well aware of our desire to grow and change, and he wants to work with us. He wants to work in us, and he gives some perspective uh, through Paul that's a big help for us. So today we're going to learn the secret of power for change and contentment. It's, it's, it's a double, double-edged benefit here. The Apostle Paul shares this secret uh, that he's learned as he's trying to help a new church that he started in Philippi in the first century, as he's trying to help them learn how to make life work under the, the Lord, under Jesus Christ's leadership. He shares this secret, and this is what he says I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Is that amazing? That's an amazing thing he's learned here. Our normal approach to contentment revolves around two things, my circumstances and my expectations. As long as we get what we want, we want, in other words, our expectations are met, and as long as we're in a setting, a situation that we prefer, in other words, my circumstances are good, we're happy. That's awesome. This may be the focus of your New Year's resolutions. This may be what you're thinking. I, I want to I do some things differently that are going to meet my expectations, and I want to do some things that are going to change my circumstances. Well, Paul here says he's found a way to be content and he's found a way to find the power of God for change regardless of his circumstances, regardless of whether his expectations have been met. And he has a lot to say to us here because he's writing this from prison. That's the amazing thing. He's in prison while he writes this. Some of the worst circumstances that you can imagine, and I'm pretty sure that he didn't expect to be thrown in jail for trying to do good by the people he was sharing Christ with. So here he is, he's sharing something with us that's amazing. He ended up behind bars and being arrested, wrongly accused uh, at the temple while he was preaching about Christ, and in fact, there was such a weak case against him, it was so weak that The governor sort of commented during the trial, if he wouldn't have appealed to Rome, Paul was a Roman citizen, and he appealed to Rome in the middle of the trial. If he wouldn't have appealed to Rome, I could just let him go. But he's appealed to Rome. We've got to send him on now. He ended up staying in jail for a couple, or in prison for a couple more years because he is awaiting trial in Rome. And in the middle of all that, he could have second-guessed himself. You know, if only I would have not appealed to Rome, (laughs) I could be free right now. But instead of that, Paul says, I've learned, I've learned a secret of strength and power and contentment. I can find it in Christ who gives me what I need to do everything he wants me to do. Now, how can that be? How can that be true? Well, Paul clues us in to the secret he's learned and he uses Uh, an interesting word in the Greek we don't we don't get the sense of it in the English that we have here but in the Greek the word learned means to be initiated that that's what it means it's like an initiation and it has a special meaning for that day and I'll tell you in a minute but it's kind of like I was initiated in the Letterman's Club in high school that was of no value whatsoever it was kind of one of the silliest things that I've ever been through in my life And actually very dangerous they took me to signal hill in long beach dropped me off with a couple other guys and we're running around signal hill trying to find our way and we're dressed in this odd way and they spread limburger cheese all over our faces and you know so we oh limburger cheese yeah it doesn't smell very good anyway that was our that experience and everything we went through had no value except all of us had gone through it. So once we were on the other side, we were initiated into the club. Well, this word that Paul uses here for learned uh, is initiation, and it's a word that the Greeks used in the first century for being initiated into a secret religion where you learn secret teachings that nobody else knew that were supposed to help you make sense out of life. Now, he takes that, that word that everybody would understand, and he says, look, I'm, I'm busting the lid on the secret here. I'm telling you the secret. This is it. This is something I've learned as I've tried to walk with Christ throughout my days. I've learned this. I've, I've figured out, that uh, I can do all things through Him who gives me street. That's strength. That's the secret. It's not relying on my own power to change. It's not relying on my own uh, strength or strategies to become a different person. But it's finding out who God wants me to be and then working with Him to change me. Uh, he's learned by experience how to be content and how to find the power he needs in any and all circumstances. This is it. If I focus on doing God's will, he gives the power and resources to do it. That's what you find out in this passage. That's what I've experienced. I've been through the same initiation Paul's been through. I've experienced this. If I focus on doing my will, I run out of strength. I don't have much power. I'm not very happy. But if I focus on doing God's will, no matter what the circumstance, no, wh- whether or not my expectations are being met, he gives the power and resources to do it. If we focus on getting what we want, arranging the circumstances we prefer, contentment and God's power are nowhere to be found. It's the way it works. It's the way it is. Think about it. You go to work and you have your idea of how you want the day to go or how you want the week to get going, or you're working on a project and you'd like to turn out a certain way, if only it would work out this way, my day would be perfect, this would be awesome, I could get it all done, it'd be fantastic. How often do you have that day? How often does the day go the way that you would like it to go? You'll need to wait a long time to be content and motivated based on your circumstances at work you get up in the morning you're hoping the kids are healthy you're hoping they're really having great attitudes but they don't they're not cooperating you could have a good day and really enjoy life if the kids would just kick in here get with the program be a part of the team but it doesn't happen you're going to wait a while if you're wanting the toddlers to choose a good attitude and always be healthy. You're gonna wait, even some teenagers sometimes. Okay? If you're wait if you're if you're putting your hopes in the family for contentment and motivation, it's trouble. It's not it's not gonna pump you up. You you make some plans and you want your friends to come along and you're thinking, this could be awesome weekend if we just could do this and it would be great if they'd get on my schedule and get with my program and they don't If, if you're waiting for your circumstances and your expectations to be met you're going to have a power bog and you're going to be disappointed, you're not going to be content what I've learned is this when you set out to follow Christ you learn this quickly, I'm unplugged from God's power when I focus on doing my will, my way There's no power. Think through the year ahead. What kind of progress would you like to make? In family life or maybe in a dating relationship? At work? What goals would you like to accomplish there in ministry? What kind of progress are you hoping for in your your relationship with God, in your walk with God? What changes would you like to make? What would you like to see turn out differently than the last year? One thing you can know for sure, the ideal picture you paint in your mind is not going to be the way it unfolds. It's not. There will be all kinds of twists and turns along the way and things you're going to have to adjust to and deal with and respond to. You know, a steep drop is a lot of fun if you're paying for a roller coaster ride, but a steep drop in life is scary and hairy. It's not that great as a part of the journey in life. Listen to what Jesus' half-brother James says in James 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. This is... Tremendous attitude to adopt. These are my plans, God. It's what I was saying at the beginning uh, when I first got up here about the plans we made as a church. You make the plans, and if God wills, if we're in line with Him, He's going to come through and provide in amazing ways. He's never the problem. The problem is my understanding what God wants and doing my best to get in line with that. As I do that, He provides everything that's needed and so we adopt this attitude god i have plans i have desires i have things i i I have expectations i want relationships to go this way i want things to turn out this way it'd be fantastic if they did but god if you will may that be i want to get in line with you i want to operate in a way that brings honor to you and fulfills your purpose for me to accept the flow of circumstances I'm dealing with right now as from the hand of God is a gift. And I shift my focus to doing God's will in these circumstances, not the ones I would like, but the ones I'm actually living. For instance, the economy and, and other factors at work are beyond my control. But I can learn to focus my efforts on pleasing God at work finding out what he wants, how he wants me to work, how he wants me to approach it. And I can set my heart to please him above everyone, and I can be content. If I do, he will give me the power and the resources to do his will at work. What is God's goal for me as a parent? I need to know that. How should I, how should I let God shape me as I parent my kids? What, what's the approach? I can't control how the days go with my kids, but I can rely on God's power to paint uh, to parent the way that he wants me to. I can I can rely on his strength and he will come through. My my friends may not be getting on the bandwagon with what I want to do, where I'm going. But how should I respond to my friends in a way that accomplishes God's purpose? What does he want? In any circumstances in the midst of unmet expectations, I can shift. Frustration and discontent should be a signal to shift my focus, not to what I want, but to what God wants. I shift. God, what do you want? What is your will here? What are you trying to accomplish? I have my big ideas of how I'd like the year to go and my life to work out. But what are you doing with me? As you surrender to what he wants to do, he gives you the power to do it. And life gets good as you live it out. He, if I don't surrender to his will, if I kind of resist it, get adversarial toward him with it, and refuse to surrender, he lets me try to find the power to do it myself. It's the way God is. He'll honor our decision. He'll let us decide either to work with him or to work independently of him. And if we do, there's no power. But God's power is available to those who do God's will. It's what you see in Scripture. Philippians 2, a couple chapters before the one we've been looking at, says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His purpose. So, we it's not like we just wait for God's power to overwhelm us and get moving we're moving we're trying to figure out God what God wants as we set goals and we adjust our goals to to him as we realize what's happening what's going on as we're dealing with unmet expectations as we're dealing with frustrating circumstances we're trying to seek God out and figure what he wants here and set our minds and hearts on doing his will. If we do that, we're actually working with God. We, we have our goals that we're trying to line up with God. And as we live it, he's working in us. Notice what it says, to will and to act according to his good purpose. Not mine, but his If that's true, then we need to ask some important questions. What is God's will? What does he want from me? How do I know what it is? How do I know when my will is in opposition to his? Or when I'm living independently of him? How do I discover what pleases God? So it's important that we know God's will. And the best way to know it is by getting into scripture. Getting into the Bible. Reading the Bible, soaking it in. Uh, this is one way we begin to discover it as we uh, gather on Sundays and the, the Word is taught, the scriptures is taught. Uh, but developing a habit of reading the Bible on a regular basis is a tremendous help in uh, knowing God's will because He never tells you something new that contradicts what He's already said in the Scriptures. He always acts in line with His Word. It's, the, the Bible says that God's Word, is, it stands forever. It's eternal. It doesn't change. It's the same when He said it the first time, and it's the same now. And so we get into the Scriptures, and we begin to discover God's will, and we can identify better when we're off course, and we need to shift, make an adjustment, and when we're on course. God is not going to empower my efforts that don't line up with his will. He's not going to do it. He's just not. So it's important not to read the Bible just like it's another book, but to read it and ask God to show you, to speak to you, to show you his will and to speak to you directly. If you're faithful, to approach it this way, God will speak. Keep after it. If you you have... If you've tried it before, been into reading the Bible, and you haven't heard God, get some help. Talk to somebody. Hey, how do I, how, what, do you have any handles for getting a better grip on how to hear God through the word? But God wants to show us, and he has shown us to a tremendous degree, what his will is in family life, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, or as a dad. He's shown us Uh, what his will is for the way we approach our work in church life in friendships how to respond to conflict a lot is in the scriptures now specific situations you need to take the scriptures and apply them to those but there's a tremendous amount of help in the bible itself and so we discover in the scripture the adjustments we need to make so that life begins to work god wants to help with this this is what he does so <clears throat> one thing that can really be a help is to have a Bible reading plan. So it's a new year, this, uh, you know we're all starting out new, and I want to encourage you, if you will, uh, to decide to just read the Bible on a regular basis. And I'm providing some reading plans or some handles to help you do that. On the resource table in the lobby, there's a couple of Bible reading plans. There's a bunch of these that are out there, that the two that are out there on the resource table are called The Bible in a Jar, J-A-R. And it's a reading plan to read through John, Acts, and Romans. John is a book about the life of Christ. Acts is a book about the early church. And Romans contains its power packed with major principles of how to relate to god who we are our identity uh, in uh, christ and our identity in uh, relating to him who god is and understanding a lot of those things and it ties a lot of stuff together so you can get if you read the bible in a jar uh, you can get a pretty good grip on the key truths of christianity by reading through that there's another one out there 30 days with jesus uh, that's the second Bible reading plan. And it gives some highlights uh, from Jesus' life and from His teaching. Now, if you're a little more tech-oriented, um, there are some websites, and there are some apps. Uh, if you have a smartphone, there's an app called UVersion. There's also a website that has uh, that's UVersion. And you can just type that in, it'll pop up. On Google or whichever search engine you use, um, but this is the first screen of the app. It's in, it, it's it's. I, f- I feel like I'm giving a commercial right now. It can be found on the what is the Apple one, Apple Store or the Google whatever the Android. <laughs> I, I have an iPhone, so I know the Apple Store, the App Store. That's it, right? The App Store. Okay, I'm getting it together. Um, anyway. Uh, you version. It's free, and it's tremendously helpful. You can read through Scripture. You can type in a specific Scripture. You can start at the beginning of the Bible and read through it. Um, this, this is what it looks like when you read the Bible. It's all right there. Um, you can highlight it and check it out. Uh, and then the, there, there are also some reading plans. This is the website, and you can go to Browse All Plans. It's the second little icon on the left down Uh, the first one is to read the bible the second one is uh, to look at the plans Um, and then the next picture should show us the topics there's a topical way to read that read through things very quickly if you're wanting hope if you're wanting to deal with anger joy diligence humility trust praise uh, you can read very quickly so this is a tremendous help I mean, this is when I was trying to get into the scripture very beginning, we didn't have this stuff. You know, you, you, you would look up a topic or you'd think, I want to learn what God says about hope. You'd go to the bookshelf and get a really thick book that had all the references to that topic in it. And now we can just, it happens quick. It's really saves a lot of time. But I wanted to bring those to you, your attention there's a couple reading plans on the resource table. You can get the app or you can go online to Version, And there's reading plans that are set out for you. Really very, very helpful. Uh, as, as you think about the year ahead, you may have mixed emotions. You may be excited about some things, about new opportunities that are going to come along. Or you may be concerned about some of the challenges that are facing you. In what areas of life are you feeling pressure right now? Where, where's the pressure? What are you know? As you've thought about some resolutions, what is some new direction? Work provides tremendous challenge, a lot of opportunity. It could be related to the actual work that you need to get done, or the challenge might come through relating to your boss or coworkers. Another set of demands might be family life. Um, how how can i carve out enough quality time things get more complicated as kids grow up Um, you might be adding new members to your family what 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 is it about this year that you need i really want to encourage you get into the scriptures because god will speak to you through them he will strengthen you through them and he will help you figure out what he wants The great thing is Christ followers will have everything they need to do God's will in every arena of life. It may surprise you, but Scripture is very practical. And God has something to say about all of life in the Scriptures. And as you get into it, He will speak to you. He will encourage you. He will challenge you. He will shift your focus. Oh, I was thinking this. As a husband, I need to think this way i need to approach it very differently very very helpful stuff in the word here's the promise from philippians 4 my god will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in christ jesus god will give us what we need to do his will and purpose he will take care of us what areas of your life right now are you needing god's power paul shows us how to have a can-do attitude in this passage this is one of our project values at church in the valley we really highly value a can-do attitude when when we're dealing with challenging or unwanted circumstances we want to rely on the strength christ brings and what he gives to accomplish his purpose and approach it with we can do this rather than "Uh, uh, i don't know how this is going to turn out I don't know if my effort's going to count for anything. I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on. That's, that's my native re- re- reflex. You can tell I'm pretty good at it. But instead of that, if you surrender, God, it's not going my way. It's not going my direction. But you know what? I can do exactly what you want me to do with the strength that you provide. So I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to quit trying to rely on me. I'm going to trust you. Imagine the impact of a can-do attitude at your work. (laughs) What a difference. What if everyone at your job had a can-do attitude? Stress, problems arise. You meet the challenge with with a sense of, we're going to overcome this. What about in family life? What a difference. You know, a can-do attitude is actually very employable. People with this approach... Employers want to hire them. Problems come up from time to time on Sunday mornings and our volunteers, leaders, I've seen them over and over again choose this attitude and overcome. It's a a tremendous thing. We want to build this into our church life, our children, our families. We want to make it a part of the way we approach life. As you think about the year ahead, set your heart and mind to do God's will above everything else. There is no role in life. You know, I always used to hope just one small adjustment and I'll get on a roll. Or one big adjustment and there will be a... I, life is just going to start rolling the right... There is no role. At least that's not my experience. You, it's going to take more than one small adjustment to make life work. The way it actually works is it makes one. it takes one big decision to follow God above everyone else in Jesus Christ. To follow Jesus, that's the big decision. You surrender your will to do God's will. And then you make constant adjustments as you learn what that means because you don't know everything that means when you decide to follow Christ. So as you learn daily what that means, you keep adjusting to get in line with God and what He wants and His will. And as you do that, He grows you, He changes you, and life gets better and better. When I choose this, I'm initiated into the understanding I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do what He wants. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for the truth we see in Your Word, and I I thank thank You, God, that uh, You will give me the power to do exactly what You want me to do. You'll provide the resources, you'll provide everything that I need to do that. I think that, that, thank you that that's true for everyone here. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us to, um, to really surrender, to quit fighting you, to quit fighting against uh, the circumstances and expectations and surrender and allow you to work in them to change us, and to make us more of who you want us to be, God. Help us with this, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: But I hope-